Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Oh, hallelujah. Well, so delighted that each of you are here today. I want to welcome those that are streaming live. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. With that being said, you saw we kick off a new series, a very important series, because God has truth to apply to every area that we face in life, every area we face as a nation. And so if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18, I want to read from the words of Jesus. Matthew 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. As we start this new series, God's People, A Biblical Response to Racism, I want to teach a message today titled, Why I Believe in Two Human Races. Why I Believe in Two Human Races. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I yield to the Holy Spirit the best I know how. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint, empower me, that Christ His mercy, His truth would be manifested. That you would work in the hearts and the minds and the lives of all of us here and those that are watching and those that will hear this in the days ahead. We thank you, Jesus. Your kingdom is at hand. We declare that you alone are worthy. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Notice Jesus, after His resurrection, He commands those, His followers that were present, He says, go and make disciples of all nations, of all the nations. Nations is the Greek word ethnos. It's where we, you think about, we get the word ethnicity. Ethnos means a tribe. It means a people group. Ethnicities. Listen, there was one race of humans, but many ethnicities or people groups. And here Jesus tells them, go and make disciples of all ethnicities, of all people groups. In fact, the Apostle Paul who encountered Jesus and he reframed his entire world and theology and understanding of scriptures while preaching in Athens in Acts 17.24, he says, God who made the world and everything in it since he is Lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. Verse 26, watch this. And he is made from one blood. Everybody say one blood. Every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him, 
though He is not far from each one of us. Paul says God is creator. And therefore, as creator, He has created mankind. He gives life to every human. He says from one blood, from one man, from one lineage, every nation came to be on the earth. And God determined the boundaries of their dwellings. And what was God's intent? Paul says the intent of God was that all would seek the Lord. Why? Because God created all people groups. Therefore, God desires all people groups to seek and know Him. Jesus says make disciples of all nations. Paul says God desires people from all tongues, tribes, and nations to seek and to know Him. In the Genesis account, in Genesis 1.27, it says... So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created Him. Male and female, He created them. Mankind, from the beginning, was created in the image of God. In the image of God. In Genesis 11, the book of the beginnings continues and This is after the global flood of the days of Noah, but in Genesis 11 verse 1 it says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plan in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, they had asphalt for mortar, and they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one and they have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Verse 7, Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Notice here in the days of the land of Shinar, there was one race of humans. They all had one language, one speech. One group of people. And this one race of people, this one people group that had one language and one speech, they said, let's build for ourselves a city with the intent that let's make a name for ourselves. Here they are, one race and one people group, and they're seeking to make a name for themselves. And we get the Lord's assessment of what's taking place. He goes down and he says, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Now this brings us our first question today. Why is this a problem? Why when the Lord goes and accesses the situation, when the humans were one race and one language, one speech, one tribe, one people group, one ethnicity, and he goes down and he sees that they're building this city and tower, what's is the problem. The problem is is that Genesis 3 happened. Sin has entered the picture. Sin has entered mankind. Sin has entered the race called the human race. And 
The effects of sin upon the one race and the one people group is we see self-centeredness. We see self-glory. They said, let us build for ourselves, for our name, for our glory. It wasn't let's build for our Creator who created us. Let's build for His honor. No, no, there was sinfulness now in the one race and the one people group who had one speech. See, God in the beginning when He created mankind, He blessed them and He commanded them to be fruitful and fill all of the earth. What's the intent now? What's the effect of sin upon the one human race? They didn't want to fill all the earth. They said, we found a nice plane. Let us build something for ourselves, for our glory. See, listen, sin is lawlessness. And lawless means what God says. That they will be able to do whatever they intend to do. The problem was, is because of sin, their intent now is to be a law unto themselves. Their intent now is self-glory and selfishness. That was the problem when God came down and assessed the situation. So in verse 7, He says, Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel because the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over all the face of the earth. It's interesting if you study James 3, it says wherever there's envy and self-seeking, confusion in every evil thing is. It's an interesting tie-in to the wisdom of man or what the Bible calls sensual demonic wisdom, self-centered wisdom. This brings us to the person of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus was human, but He was altogether another type of human. Jesus was not from the one race that we have read about. Scripture has testified in what we have just read that Scripture said. See, Jesus was not from Adam the first human. Jesus was not from the blood of the one race that we saw Paul mention in Acts 17. Jesus was fully human, but He was human of another kind. He was distinct. See, Jesus, never forget, was the only begotten of the old creation. And John 1.18 says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, notice that, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him in 1 John 4, 9, and this is the love of God. The, The love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent His only begotten, everybody say begotten, Son into the world that we might live through Him. Jesus, the only begotten of God. What does it mean? It means that God was His Father. He did not come from the seed of another human. He did not come from Adam's lineage, Adam's race, Adam being the first man created in the Genesis account. Jesus did not come from that bloodline. He was begotten of God. Listen, Adam was created, but he was not begotten. Adam didn't come through a woman. He wasn't born Through a woman, he wasn't begotten, he was created. But Jesus was not created, but he was begotten. 
Adam was created, but he was not begotten. Jesus was not created, but he was begotten. How did this take place? Well, in Luke chapter 1, 34 and 35, the angel comes to Mary. He says, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, Savior. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then she says this, our second question of the day. How in the world will this be since I am a virgin? I have never had relations, sexual relations with a man. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the only one to be born will be called the Son of God. Listen to me. Don't allow some philosophy of man or some lies in the mouth or an unrenewed mind of a person tell you the virgin birth don't matter. There's some people that have progressed so far, they have progressed outside of the apostolic faith of biblical New Testament Christianity. Listen, Jesus doesn't come from that one race and that one bloodline. He is fully human, but He's altogether different. He's the only begotten of God in the old creation. Jesus is the last Adam. Let me talk about that for a moment. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, a human. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. He wasn't created. He always was but he was begotten. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit corruption. This brings us to our next question. What does the last Adam mean? Paul says the first man, Adam, in the garden, the first man ever created by God, became a living being, a living human. But the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. What does this last Adam mean? It means, listen, Jesus was the last human who would be the beginning of a race of humans. Jesus would be the last human who would ever be the beginning or the start of a new race of humans. Therefore, He was the only begotten of the old creation. But Scripture says He's the firstborn of the new creation. Can I tell you that in Jesus Christ and in the gospel of Jesus Christ, a new race of humans is created. Can I tell you that in Jesus' blood, a blood that doesn't come from the lineage of Adam, a holy blood, a blood that has never been affected by sin, 
a blood of a human who never chose his own self-glory or self-will or lawlessness, but lived in complete obedience to the Creator, to the Heavenly Father, that His blood cleanses us from every transgression and sin that took place when we were a part of the old human race and a part of the old creation. Can I tell you that His blood can not only cleanse us, but it can remove the effects of the previous race we were a part of? Can I tell you that in Jesus Christ and in the gospel of Jesus Christ, a new lineage of humans has been started. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14, Paul says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one, one being Jesus, died for all, then all died. God made a way for all. All nations, all tongues, all tribes, all ethnicities. He died for all with the intent that those who live should live no longer for themselves. But for Him who died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on. Everybody say, from now on. We regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. See, Paul knew Jesus according to the flesh like the other apostles because Jesus came and revealed Himself and discipled Paul. He says, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know Him thus no longer. Why? Because He's seated at the right hand of God. I've never met Jesus in the flesh. I never shook the hand of Jesus. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone, someone say anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Here Paul talks about this regard. He says, we regard now... No one. The Greek word regard means this. To look upon or think of with a particular feeling. Paul says, now, from now on, because Jesus, the last Adam, has made available a way out of the old creation, a way of no longer being a part of Adam's lineage and the old race, but he's made a way for us to become a part of the new creation, humanity. The new race of God. That in Jesus, there's a new human race created. A new lineage created. He says, from now on, since this has taken place and available, we no longer are to look upon, think of with the particular feeling, according to the flesh. What's that mean? According to the body. According to what people group you're a part of. That now we're not to regard people, we're not to look upon people and think about people, and the main factor about people 
on what color of skin they have, on what language or speech they grew up with speaking. What Paul says is now the main regard, the thing that matters above all things is are you reconciled with God through Christ and a part of the new human race, the new creation, humanity in Christ. Paul says that is now the main regard. Listen to me. If you don't start with apostolic, biblical, New Testament understanding of New Testament Christianity, you ain't got a hope in this world or universe to bring true reconciliation between ethnicities and people with so many differences. What Paul's saying here is the main thing is you got to have the foundation right first before we can ever have the potential to walk it out in all the different nations, people, groups, and languages on the earth. He says, first, there has to be a reconciliation of people that were a part of the old one race to God before then we can have the right foundation to be able to be reconciled to one another. To one another. Listen to me. Any resistance to that reality is embracing the philosophy of man and not believing in the core power that the gospel is a must for God's will on the planet. In Ephesians 2, 13 through 22, Paul summarizes it this way. He said that there were walls between Jews and all the rest of the Gentiles for centuries. But he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two. Come on, someone say one new man from the two. Here's what he's saying. Wherever there is two, wherever there is differences, wherever there has been walls, Jesus is the way that those walls are broken down. And when there's differences, when there's two, it's through Jesus that peace and oneness and unity is made possible. To create in Himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that He might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. And He came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who are near. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Here it is, you know this verse well, dwelling place, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So now we see because of Jesus, because of the last Adam, there's one new humanity. 
There's one new race of humans. There's one new creation race. Born again, sons and daughters of God. And like what we saw at Babel in Genesis 11, where the one old human race had one language. Listen, the one new creation race has one language. It's called the language of the Spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.13, the things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Meaning that we have the language of the Spirit now. We don't talk like the philosophies of men and the world. We have committed to us a language of the Spirit found in New Testament scriptures in Christianity. Not only do we have one language, we also have one speech now as the one new creation race. Paul said that that speech is the speech of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 And since we have the same spirit of faith, notice that, the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. So here you see that in Jesus, in the last Adam, there is this parallel with what took place in Genesis 11 in Babel. But a distinction is as though now there's this new creation race and there's this new language of the Spirit and there's this new speech called the speech of faith. One of the distinctions is, is in Christ... Our tongue, our language, our ethnicity is not removed. It's not required that we all have the same color of skin, to speak the same language. No, no, no. The redeemed of the Lord, as Revelation 5 9 says, He has redeemed us to God through your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Back at Babel, they, when they were one, said, let's build for ourselves, right? Let's make a name for ourselves. Now, the new creation, race, God's people, whatever we do, we're to do for the glory of God, even if we eat or drink. We don't build for ourselves because we understand unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. You remember the Lord's assessment of the Tower of Babel? And back then, the one people group, He said, whatever they intend to do, they'll be able to do. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. You know what God's assessment is now for the new creation race in Christ? Ephesians 3.20 now to Him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Hallelujah. But what confronts you and I day to day, what confronts you and I is the reality is that the effects of sin, the sin of the old human race, still affects the one new 
creation race that's made up of many people groups. And that's why there is the call and the need for transformation and the call and the need for discipleship. See, the foundation is the new human creation race. We have one Father. There's one gospel. There's one Lord Jesus Christ. There's one faith, one spirit, one body we're all a part of. And it's only on those grounds that we then can be able to heed the call for transformation and discipleship and the messiness to learn how to live out as a part of the new creation race, all in Christ, yet we make up many ethnicities, many languages, many different degrees of color of skin, And so this brings us to our main text, Matthew 28 and 18. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Notice, make disciples of all the nations. He's not seeking to remove in him distinctions of ethnicities or cultural habits and traditions that do not go against the kingdom of Jesus. English is no more a holy language than Spanish. So in Christ, God's not trying to remove from those who are in Christ but come from the ethnicity of of speaking Spanish their language from them. Because the main language of the new creation race, the sons and daughters of God, is the language of the Spirit and the language of faith. So the command is make disciples, but here's the next question of faith. What kind of disciples? Well, we see there to be new creation disciples. Got to be born again. They're to be water baptized in faith. They're to be taught to observe all things, someone say all things that Jesus commands. Meaning, they're to become mature, multiplying disciples. Now, if you've forgotten, let me remind you, what is a disciple? Simply, the Greek word is a learner. It's a learner. Now, let me ask us some further questions and bring it to the crux of this message. Have you ever on the journey of following Jesus met disciples of Jesus that did not know and or did not observe the teachings of Jesus regarding finances? You ever on the journey met disciples of Jesus that did not know and or did not observe the teachings of Jesus regarding relationships? You ever on the journey met disciples of Jesus that did not know and or observe the teachings of Jesus regarding our work? You ever on the journey met disciples of Jesus that did not know and or did not observe the teachings of Jesus regarding their body being a temple of the Holy Spirit? Why is that? How can that be? Listen, because they have not been discipled in the Word, 
the will and the way of Jesus regarding that aspect of life. And they need to be a learner and they need to be discipled in that area of life. Watch this. As we kick off this series, likewise, have you ever on the journey met disciples of Jesus that did not know and or observe the teachings of Jesus regarding racism? That all humans are created by God and therefore have value and carry the image of God? That all humans God desires because He created them and He wants them reconciled to Him? Regardless of color of skin, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of tongue or tribe or nation. Why is that? How can that be? The same way that in the other areas of life I mentioned, they did not know and or observe the teachings of Jesus. They have not been discipled in the word, the will, and the way of Jesus regarding this issue of life called racism and people-group relations. And that's what the prophet Isaiah says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The thoughts and the ways of the old creation human race are not thoughts and ways of God for the new creation human race in Jesus. Now maybe today you're saying, Pastor, with all of the tension and all the opinions and all the voices, what is racism? Well, I went to the dictionary. It starts there. And even in the dictionary you see that there's still some confusion and need for the gospel. But the dictionary, when you look up at dictionary.com racism, it says a belief or doctrine that inherit differences. What would that be? That would be color of skin, language, way people look way people act, hair color, type of hair. A belief or doctrine that inherit differences among the various human racial groups determine cultural or individual achievement, meaning usually involving the idea that one's own race is superior and has the right to dominate others or that a particular racial group is inferior to the others we got a problem with the, with the definition, though. Because that definition of racism is still propagating a scientific lie. That all humans don't come from one race and all humans don't come from one bloodline. There, listen, there's not different degrees of humans under the old creation race. It, it, it's not that some are 80% part of the human race, and, and some are 20. Now listen, evolution empowered racism and practices of racism because of that belief that some were less a part of the human race than others. And that's a lie we've seen scripturally. No, no, no. In the beginning, God created from Adam, from one blood, from one man, every nation, every tongue, tribe, ethnicity of the old human race. Hallelujah. But then when you go to dictionary.com and you look at the word race, you see where they're finally starting to 
have to realize some things need to be changed and understand. It says a group of persons related by common descent or heredity, a population so related. And then it makes this distinction down there. It says regarding anthropology, it's no longer used in a technical sense as a traditional divisions of humankind. Meaning, they now know when it comes to studying anthropology and science and DNA that all humans, regardless of color, regardless of language, regardless of tongue, tribe, or nation, the same makeup. There's only one old human race. One human race. What's called the old creation. One human race. So racism then is saying within the one human race of the old creation that distinctions of color, distinction of habits, differences make some superior and others inferior. And the gospel says no. No. The main thing that it regards now, foundational, the most important thing, is regardless of tongue, tribe, color, differences, distinctions, have you came out of the old human race and through Jesus became a part of the new human race called the new creation race in Jesus, the new people of God. Now, as reconciled people of God, we are called in mercy and truth to declare the realities of the gospel, the foundation, and then build upon the foundation, attacking lies that make some people believe they're superior and make others feel inferior based on color of skin, tongue, ethnicity, origin of nation. Let's consider now being discipled in the mind of Christ. As followers of Jesus, the call is to be discipled. The call is for transformation. The call is to be a learner, including in the areas of people-group relations. And in Romans 15 and verse 5, Paul says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded. Everybody say like-minded. Toward one another. But watch this. According to Christ Jesus. Meaning the call is not for us to lose our mind, lose our opinions when it comes to things that are not according to Jesus. Meaning, in Jesus, there are some things that are absolutely right and absolutely wrong. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to be like-minded regarding those things according to Jesus Christ. But we don't have to be like-minded on what sports team we like what sports team we celebrate. But we are, as followers of Jesus, called to be like-minded regarding the things that are according to Jesus Christ. So that, verse 6, this is the intent, that you may with one mind, everybody say one mind, and with one mouth, everybody say one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.2, Paul says the same thing. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Everybody say like-minded having the same love, being of one accord, 
and one mind. Now when we talk about one mind and one mouth, and according to Christ Jesus, let me just say clearly again, so you cannot listen to lies of the enemy and say that I'm saying something that I'm not. We don't lose our mind as followers of Jesus. We are called to renew our mind, meaning we're called to have the mind of Christ formed in our mind. Now watch this, to the level... Our minds are renewed into the level Christ's mind is formed in our mind is to the level we are considered scriptural, scripturally to be a spiritual person. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Here it is. But we have the mind of Christ. Every follower of Jesus, every person that's part of the new humanity, the new creation race of the people of God, you have access to the mind of Christ. But that doesn't mean we all have used what we have access to. Some of you have access to things. you got keys like a storage locker, but you ain't been to your storage unit in a year. You've not taken access to it. But to the level the mind of Christ is formed in us is to the level we are spiritual, are mature in that area. Now watch this in Philippians 3, 14 and 17. Paul says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Everybody say, have this mind. I saw some yawns. Touch your neighbor. Get them. Say, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Here it is. Watch this. Nevertheless... To the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. What's Paul saying here? He's saying to the degree that the mind of Christ is formed in us is the degree that we can walk by the same rule and be of the same mind. Listen. Even as the people of God, we cannot with every other brother and sister in Christ be able to walk with the same mind with them in every area because if you have had your mind renewed and the mind of Christ has been formed in you, but their mind hasn't been renewed, and they don't have the mind of Christ regarding that area, then you can't walk with the same mind when it comes to that matter in life. Listen, as much as I love some of you, I can't walk with you with the same mind on some matters in your life. It's only, and and it would be the same you could say to me, It's only to the level that the mind of Christ is formed in each of us that we can have the one mind, the mind of Christ, and walk according to the rule of the thoughts, the word, the will, and the way of Jesus in that area. And notice it's to a degree. This is important. Because when it becomes to any issue of Jesus and His word and being discipled by Him in the ways of His kingdom, any issue, you're going to be able to find brothers and sisters that you cannot walk in agreement with on that issue if their mind hasn't been renewed and their mind of Christ not formed in them and yours has. And that doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means I'm not, I can't agree 
if you have racist practices or racist language or, or racist beliefs, I can't be in agreement and, and walk with you on that matter. That's against Jesus and God's will. And I can't stand with that and sure can't walk with that. So the question then becomes, what do we do then in dealing with followers of Jesus that have not attained the mind of Christ to the degree that maybe some of us have already attained? Notice he says, to the degree you've already attained. To the degree that two brothers and sisters have attained the same degree of having their mind submitted to the one mind of Christ. To only to that degree can we walk according to the same rule in agreement. So what do we do when we're dealing with brothers and sisters that have not obtained to the mind of Christ when it comes to racism? Well, here we go, 1 Peter 3.8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, but this is not what we're talking about here. This is the one mind of how to deal with each other when we don't have the one mind of Christ yet. Because here's what he says, watch this. Having compassion for one another. That understanding, just like there were things about Jesus and His kingdom that you didn't understand, even though you were a follower of Him, and you wanted people to be merciful and compassionate upon you because you were in process to learn it. What He's saying is, is that towards one another, when we deal with brothers and sisters that have not obtained the degree of the mind of Christ in the issue like racism, and how to have good relations with people of different people, groups and ethnicities. He's saying have compassion for one another, love as brothers, wants us be tender-hearted and courteous. Compassion, love, tender-hearted, courteous. Now to walk by the same rule, we have to let go and get rid of the old rule and the old thinking. Notice Paul brought up this issue of, he said, you have us for a pattern. Let me talk in conclusion about modeling communities in a pattern. Our upbringing, all of us, and the people group and the ethnicity we grew up in, they modeled certain aspects, certain beliefs, certain mentalities, certain practices, certain habits, certain cultural traditions. It was a pattern. People groups have patterns, and those patterns get imprinted upon the people group within that group. And what happens is, for those who grew up in a community of people that was just like them, ethnicity, language, had the same habits, the same way of doing things and seeing things, and did not engage with other ethnicities and people different than them. What that means is, it's doubtful that you can see clearly all the beauty of God and all the ethnicities of humans. And this creates the tension at times. Because when we come, when it comes to people group relations, we're coming from what has been modeled to us. From what we and our upbringing experienced. 
And so at times, the tension, the disagreements, the issues, the friction is a couple things. One, at times there's ignorance. The ignorance of never being around or being able to observe people in other ethnicities. Only being around people like ourselves. And this goes regardless of color. Another reason is an obstruction to living out God's call for God's people when it comes to relationships of different ethnicities and people groups. A lack of positive observing or experience with other people group. So you've only seen or heard a narrative that cast other ethnicities or other people different than you in a negative light. And so now, whether you realize it or not, even intentionally, that has been imprinted upon you. And when you think about those people, you only think about them in a negative light. Oh, they're not good for our nation. Or, oh, and, and that becomes a hindrance to the mind of Christ in engaging right, of people of different ethnicities, practices, and habits than ourselves. Another one is what I call the seductive safety of sameness. Sameness, likeness, is, is seductive. It, it, being safe and that feeling of safe of only being around people that sees things the way I do, has the habits and celebrations that I have, that speaks the language I speak, that looks like me, that is... It's seductive, but it's not what God wants because it's not what the new creation human race is made up of. Another one is fear of the unknown. We oftentimes fear what we've never experienced or, un or know. So we have to be discipled in the mind of Christ regarding people-group relations. And I want to tell you up front, listen to me, it's not easy. And anybody, when it comes to this, says it's easy is being naive and ignorant. Listen, if it was so easy, Jesus would not have told his 12 and the 70 he sent out to not go and minister to people that didn't look just like them and come from their own origins. And that's what he told them. He said, don't go to the Gentiles. He said, just go to the Jews. Why? Because Jesus understood the difficulty of this. Watch this, and until he established the new covenant so that he cr could create them as a part of this new humanity, the new creation of God, he knew they didn't have a chance to navigate the difficulty of engaging and trying to relate with people from a total different people group and ethnicity than them. So he just said, don't even do it. Go preach to Jews because you're Jews. So listen, it's not easy, but can I tell you, friends? But we're disciples. We're learners. We're called to learn. We're called to be transformed. And Romans 12, 2, come on, man, says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You say, what's one aspect of the perfect will of God? Well, we see it. 
We see it when the Lord returns that there will be the redeemed, the new creation human race made up of people of every color of skin, of every tribe, of every nation, of every tongue and all there worshiping the Lamb built on the foundation of one Lord, one Father, one Gospel, one faith, one body though we have many different upbringings. So it's not easy, but we're called to be learners. We're called to have our mind renewed. Listen to me, friends. And as the people of God, mindsets matter because mindsets have consequences and have actions that follow. And when our mind doesn't get renewed as the people of God, we can't address the consequences of the wrong mindsets of racism and the practices that it creates in the world around us. The way we think and the foundation we build upon when it comes to people group relations and the behaviors and the practices built on that wrong thinking, it matters that you and I as the people of God hear the call of discipleship to have our mind submitted to the one mind of Christ that God wants all nations, all people to Him and that in Christ we are the people of God and yet as the people of God we are made up of many ethnicities and differences and it's okay. And we are thrust into a process called transformation and growth of learning to listen, learning to move outside of our ignorance, learning to move outside of the comfort of safety of just people like ourselves. And the beautiful thing is, is maybe you're listening and, and you found this some way. You do need to understand the beauty is, is I'm preaching to a congregation that is living this out. We are a multicultural fellowship. We have multi-ethnicities and multiple people with different language of origins in different nations. We are a small, mini expression of the reality of the new creation human race of all tongues, tribes, and people. Listen, but it's only to the level as you and I in this congregation continues to learn from one another and grow in the mind of Christ regarding people group relations that you and I can with truth and mercy call out and bring change to the practices and the injustices in the old creation race around us that is seeking to bring harm and pain and hold back humans made in the image of God. That was so weak. That clap. So listen, why I believe in two human races is because of Jesus, His gospel. And through His cross, He made a way for God to deal with all of us who are a part of the old human race. We're all turned aside to our own ways. We all sinned even though our sin looked different. And yet in Christ, He's made a way for all of the old human race to become a part of a new human race.
called the people of God, the new creation human race. And now, as the people of God, we have to learn, we have to do the hard work, we have to engage, we have to grow, we have to have our mind renewed, we have to let go of things that were modeled and imprinted and taught to us from our family or culture of origin that would ever seek to empower us in our language and our action, our behavior, to live out prejudices, to live out racism, to live out areas or ideas of inferiority or superiority in the world around us and in the body of Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.